0: Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Worthing. This message is by Andrew Boyd. Well, I just love that song. You know, I think that's probably my favourite go-to Christian song at the minute. And that lyric is really appropriate because there's that line in there which says, these bones are going to sing. Just remember that line because we're going to come back to that one in a minute or two. Our God is good. Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for your amazing grace poured out to us. We thank you for the astonishing hope that you hold out to us, Lord. It's an unreasonable, astonishing hope that you give to us, Lord God. That at the end of our days, Father, we will approach that grave with a shout of joy because we know we're going to see you. We know we're going to be with you. Lord, we just thank you, Father. You are the King of kings, Jesus. Amen. Oh, God, is good. Now, I'm going to work you hard this morning. Are you up for that? Okay, you're going to need to pay attention. You're going to need to keep up, especially you, Isabel. All right? (laughs) This is a bit of a preach and a bit of a teach, but what I want to do is pick up on the, the series of three talks that Pastor Clive has been giving us, which have been about raising our expectations that we're called to be a kingdom of priests and that we're called to make a difference in our homes, to release God's presence, to release God's peace, to release God's goodness in the place where he's put us. We've all got homes, so this is for all of us. Okay, what I want to do is unpack it. I want to underline some of the points. I want to dig a slightly deeper foundation for it. So that's why it's a bit of a preach and a bit of a teach. And the purpose of this is to help us to learn to actively declare and proclaim the peace of God in our households. The word for that is shalom. So we're going to look at shalom today. And to see his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Which is why we're here. Okay? We are God-breathed earth. I know I've said this before but it's the truth that's worth repeating. That's who we are. We're made of the elements of the earth, but the difference is God breathed his life into you and he breathed his joy into you and he saw you before you were formed and said, that one's good. I want that one. That one's got a purpose and a plan and great hair. I have to say that. <laughs> so God saw you right from the beginning, even before you were, breathed his life into you so you are special and you are here with a purpose. And our purpose that God gives us, Jesus, these disciples said to Jesus, well, teach us how to pray. Now listen, he begins the Lord's Prayer with declarations, not, not requests. He says, our Father in heaven, there's our hope, yeah. hallowed be your name, you're amazing. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth. That's this stuff. God-breathed earth as it is in heaven. We're earth and our feet touch this earth. So God's purpose for our lives is that his kingdom inhabits us, this God-breathed earth. And where we walk on this earth, we extend the kingdom of God. What an amazing mission and ministry that God has given us. So his calling for us is to seek first to always pursue first as always your number one priority the kingdom of heaven yeah. and god's righteousness that means two things it means being right with god because god has put you right we can't we can't do that for ourselves yeah. and it means actually walking in his righteousness now that means lord what do you want to do in this situation what is your will what is your way what is the right tone what is the right thing to do in this situation, that is the right wiseness of God. We know, I know we know all of that. So our vision is kingdom, and our mission is to extend that kingdom. It's really very simple. Jesus says at the end of Matthew, he says, Go into all the world and preach the good news to all the nations, baptizing them and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. So our mission is to live, is to be a people whose lives are transformed, who live in order to transform the lives of other people and to see the way each of us and all of us live with God's transformation and God's peace ruling and reigning in our lives. Now, in order to do that, we need to learn to listen. We need to learn to be led by his Spirit and we need to lift our eyes to see who we are called to be. So, I, you know, have you ever been to an optician where they put these weird glasses frames on your eyes and they put all of these lenses in? And, you know, you, you, you went in there with perfectly good vision, but about 10 seconds later, you can't see a thing. And then they drop these lenses in. It's too sharp and it hurts your eyes. I'm going to be doing that this morning, okay? Just dropping lenses in. So I'm going to go back and forth. I want to go to the huge picture and then I want to go into the very detail. And then I want to do the why and the how. How do we do this stuff? Because if we don't get the how, then we're just into information. And it isn't about information. It's about inspiration and purpose. So what, let's do the big picture. What is this kingdom that our lives are all about? And how can we help to see this kingdom come? And I want to take us, from Genesis to Revelation, and all points in between in about three minutes. Are you up for the ride? Okay, hang tight. In Genesis, we see a place of joy and beauty where man is walking with God, his creator, in joy in a wonderful, beautiful garden. It's a place of peace, and God gives man and woman humanity stewardship over this earth. He says, this is yours. Isn't it wonderful Now look after it and extend it. It's such a good thing. Spread it across the entire earth. So our calling is to walk in love with God and to walk in love with one another, to cultivate what is good, and to create harmony and beauty. band, you did a great job today. You did a great job today. However, unlike the band, most of us muck it up. So next what happens is we see God saying, okay, I'm going to go for a particular kind of people, a particular type of people, just just a section of the whole, and they are going to be my special people. And their calling is exactly the same. It's the same thing. God raises up a people who will live for him and bring blessing to the whole earth. And they mucked it up. So in the Gospels, we see Jesus who is the way, the truth, and the life, showing us how to live, not just telling us how to live, but showing us how to live, and laying down his life for us, and then saying, "May you do the same. You do the same. You give your life for others and extend the goodness and the peace of God throughout this earth. So God himself in Jesus came to us and then he left his Holy Spirit here to empower us to be able to live as agents of transformation in this earth. Oh, yes. that's, that's the Bible, folks. That's 66 books. But the last of those books, Revelation, in that book, we see God's kingdom restored, and this is what it looks like. Revelation 21.2, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared As a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. You imagine her husband's joy. Oh, wow. Look at her. And I heard a loud voice from the throne. I get the sense that God is barely, this is God speaking, barely containing himself, saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. And they will be his people and he will be their God. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from every eye. There will be no more death. There will be no more mourning. There will be no more crying. or pain for the old order of things has gone. It's passed away. Genesis to Revelation is the same theme. It's the same message. It's the same kingdom purpose. That's what God is doing. That's our future hope. And we live in that hope today because God has called us for a purpose, and that purpose hasn't changed. It's what you've just seen. Now, the next verse in Revelation talks about the need to overcome. It promises that all who overcome will inherit all of this. And throughout that book of Revelation, we hear a call to be overcomers. Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have trouble. But take heart, for I have overcome the world. So our calling in this life, our calling in this between time, is to live with Christ dwelling in us. I will be their God and you will be my people, he says, and I will live among you and I will give you the grace you need to overcome the trouble you face in this world so that the trouble that comes (coughs) against you, you overcome it and you overturn it and you speak life into a situation where it just spoke death. You turn it around. We're called to be a people who turn it around around. Why? (laughs) Why? Because we're being trained to reign with Him on earth now and forever. This is what God is calling us to. This is what God calls His people to. Revelation 5.10 And you have made them a kingdom, that's a royal race, and priests to our God, and they shall reign as kings over the earth. That's the amplified version. That's just extraordinary. Certainly don't feel like that, but it's what God says, and that's what we're being trained to do. That training to reign has already begun, and it isn't just heaven. Romans 5.17 How much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? God has given you all you need to reign in life, to actually exercise his kingdom, authority, and reign in life. So our calling is to reign on this earth, but first we reign in this life, And for the past three weeks, we've heard Pastor Clive raising our expectations to see God's lordship, God's reign expressed in our homes. And a key verse is this one, 1 Peter 2, 9. But you, my friends, by God's amazing grace, you're chosen. Why did you do that, Lord? (laughs) You just did, and we're grateful. You are chosen. You are a royal Priesthood, which means that you're not just a bridge between earth and heaven, but you have the authority of the King of Kings. You are a holy nation. You are God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Now that verse has so much in it that we tend to overlook one of the words in it, And that word is declare. So I want to focus a little on what... I'm just switching the lenses and your glasses, okay? We're going to go down from the huge thing to the little thing and look at this word declare because it's really significant. In the Greek, and my Greek pronunciation is a joke, but forgive me, the Greek is exangelo. And it means... Close, thank you. And it means to fully proclaim, to declare out from within in its entirety in order to produce an outcome that will create a specific impact. I'm going to read that again. It means ex angelo, the Greek, means to fully proclaim, to declare out from within in its entirety In order to produce an outcome, it's purposeful, that will create a specific impact. This is not just saying words. This is affecting change on whatever you declare. That's what you're called to do. A royal priest of the holy nation, can we have that scripture back up, please? 1 Peter 2, 9. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. It's much, much more than just stating what's already there. This declaration is prophetic. And that means it captures something on the heart of God that God breathes into you and you go yes to. And then you speak it out. And when you speak it out, it goes from heaven to earth because earth has declared it this is significant. You are significant. The calling on your life is significant. My goodness, we walk around. A lot of the time, we just don't seem to realize what God has called us into. God's calling on his people is to bring into being what is on his heart into this earth. This word, declare, Genesis 1-3, the Hebrew says, and God said, let there be light. The little word said, so easily overlooked, wayoma in the Hebrew. Behind the word said is a sense of intention, command, and promise. This is a powerful word. Let our words be filled with intention, command, and promise as we release from within what God has breathed into us and release it on this earth. This is an extraordinary thing. God is looking for a people who will declare out and bring to light the purposes of God. Well, let's just put another lens in here. How does that actually impact our prayer life? Because it really should have an impact on our prayer life. Prayer at one level it's simply asking God for something. It's making our requests, but that's just where it starts. Prayers that work, prayers that are effective, are when we sense the will of God, and it isn't just me asking for what I want, but I just sense God. This is what you want, and when we do, we do more than just ask, and we start to declare and proclaim and prophesy, that is, speak out the word of God. That's the prayer that's effective. These prayers are God-breathed, inspired by the will of God. It's where heaven has spoken, and God's people come into agreement. It's the yes from heaven and the amen from earth. You know this scripture, 2 Corinthians 1.20, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. It's yes with enthusiasm. It's no, well, maybe. It's yes in Christ. And he expects the same enthusiasm back from us. And so through him, through Christ, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Let's just unpack it. Leave it up there for a second. Through Christ He speaks out through you as you come into agreement with him. He is speaking the amen to the promises of God. These are not just your words. These are the words of Christ coming out through this earth, that his kingdom is done on this earth as it is in heaven. So let's, when we pray, catch that sense of what the Spirit of God is stirring up in us and let our amen, which is actually stirred up by Christ himself, Come from us and affect change. These are the words that called the earth into being. These are the words that flung stars into space. And we're called, amazingly, to be a part of that. Astonishing. So let's have a look at the word, amen. It doesn't just mean, yes, please, or, ooh, that would be good. I quite like that. Amen means... It's like an exclamation mark on steroids. (laughs) It means that whatever I've just said that's followed by the amen, this statement is sure and certain. It is steadfast. It can't be shifted. It is true. It is of pivotal importance So every fiber within our being goes, let it be. And what is that fiber within our being that goes, it's Christ Himself going, come on. All we're doing is joining in with Heaven's song. So earlier today in this meeting, we were singing in the Spirit, these guys were playing. And we were singing whatever we wanted to sing from our spirit. We weren't singing the lyrics. We were just joining in with our la-la's and our sense or the words that God gave us. We're just letting our spirit sing. We're joining in with heaven. That's the amen. That's, that's the word that changes the earth. So our prayers should include declarations of what God has already said. So should our conversations. We're called to be a prophetic people. There is a time for asking when we're seeking the will of God. And there's a time for declaring when we've received that will. And I believe that God wants to move his people on from being a people who just ask to being a people who will declare out his will on earth as it is in heaven and out through our lives into our households, our communities, and our nations to be a people who are reigning with him in life. It's an extraordinary call. What it isn't is a call for bullying arrogance. It is not a call for a people who demand their own way of other people. Arrogance has absolutely no place in this. Our model is Jesus. And to be a royal priesthood takes teachability, humility, servanthood, accountability. Because if you're going to start ruling and reigning, you've got to be accountable in what you've got to have somebody who's going to go steady there. You've got to. It's about learning ability, uh, uh, obedience, and it's the people who understand the fear of the Lord, the awe. If you're dealing with holy stuff, you do it carefully. So what's needed are a people who take seriously the responsibility God has called us to, to pray out, declare out, and to live out, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And a people who learn to exercise that authority. So let's just switch another lens in. It's going to go blurry for a second. How do we do this? How does this work? It's a huge idea. But what do I do? (laughs) Let's get a key principle here. Pastor Colin has produced a translation of the Bible called The Truth. We haven't got that. We can show you from the NIV, but I'm going to read from The Truth. Matthew 16, 19 is a really key principle. Jesus said, I give you the key truths that unlock the way into the kingdom of heaven. I give you. Wow. So you have authority to restrict or prevent on earth what is not allowed in heaven. And you have my permission to liberate on earth whatever is liberated in heaven. Now that authority is given to all of his disciples, not just to Peter. And Jesus unpacks it further in Matthew eighteen eighteen, And he says this, he says, I tell you the truth most emphatically. Oh, now what he's saying is, listen up, because this one really matters. This one is going to change your life and this one is going to let you change the lives of others. So pin back your ears and listen. You have authority to prevent on earth what heaven does not allow and you can liberate on earth what has already been liberated in heaven. Extraordinary we need to learn to recognize the authority we have and then we need to learn to exercise it. This is proclaiming and enforcing your kingdom come, your will be done. So let's look at that word proclaim. We've looked at declare, we've looked at amen. We're going to look at proclaim and there's one other we're going to look at. The Greek, my my mangled Greek here is keruso, Thank you. Greek scholars are proving. And it means the word proclaim means to announce publicly, persuasively, and with conviction the authoritative and binding word of God in a way that stresses the victory of the gospel message. I'll just read that again. There's a lot in it. This is proclaiming. To announce publicly, persuasively, and with conviction, the authoritative and binding word of God that stresses the victory of God's gospel message. We are called to proclaim. And that word is the word that Jesus used when he began his ministry, when he quotes from Isaiah 61. This is Luke 4:18, And he said, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free. Can you see these things have an outcome? They're not just ideas. They change lives. They're practical. So God has given us authority because we're in Christ. The same anointing that God put on his son Jesus because he takes you and places, you in Jesus is on you. The same calling is on you. So what Jesus says of himself applies to the body of Christ. Obviously, we're the body of Christ. Not disembodied, but bodied. Okay. So God has given us the authority to do more than ask for his kingdom to come on earth. It's not a plea. It's a declaration, but to release it. And he wants to teach us, that's you and me, to learn to reign in this life with him because we will reign with him in heaven. Heaven is not going to be a place where everything stops. We breathe a great sigh of relief and we go into la-la for the next 10,000 years. (laughs) Heaven is going to be a place where the most astonishing level of creativity Mm -hmm. is released. Mm -hmm. The things that you can see inside of you you've never got around to. The instruments you've never learnt to play. The arts you never got to do. All of the things that are in the image of God inside of you who made thousands of butterflies of all different colors. Why? Because he loves it. Heaven is going to be a place of astonishing creativity. You will not be bored. You will not be wasting your time but he wants to teach us to reign in life with him. So I suggest we're going to need to learn to pray a little differently. We're going to need to declare and proclaim and learn how to do that. We're going to need to be active rather than passive, on the front foot instead of on the back foot. We're going to need to learn to reign in our situations and that is not about bullying. You, you, you've got me on that haven't you you're alright you know I'm not saying that now what about those bones Ezekiel 37 Ezekiel's told to prophesy to the dry bones the Lord takes him to a valley full of dry bones it's a place of death it's a place where death happened a long time ago it's death upon death it's a place you don't want to be and God says to Ezekiel, what do you reckon? Can these bones live? Now Ezekiel's learned that when God asks a question, the correct answer is not, no, Lord. <laughs> but because the question is so mind-boggling, he does the wise thing. He says, well, you know, Lord, you know. And God says, I want you to prophesy life into these bones. And I think when Ezekiel's jaw came up from the ground, the first thing he had to do was to see that possibility that there was life in these bones. In our situations, there are going to be dry bones. Places long dead, dismembered, disjointed, finished with would really rather somebody just swept them up and got rid of them, to be honest. It's that dead. But God says, it's not how I see it. Life. So Ezekiel prophesies life into the bones. And then he prophesies breath. Because there's this rattling and this clattering and these bones come together. And these sinews form. And the muscle forms. And the flesh comes on. What an extraordinary ordinary thing but it's still a field full of bodies so now he has to prophesy the breath of God into these bones where are the dry bones in your household the place is long dead he thought but God is going it's not over (laughs) it's not over in fact it's just going to begin it's time to prophesy life, that those bones will live. Recognize that God has delegated his authority. We can't wait for him to do everything for us. I'm not making a case for running ahead of God here, but he prepares a banquet for you, but you still have to eat it. And the banquet is in the presence of your enemies, Psalm 23. It's not a place you want to have a feast. But in that place, you have to choose to be comfortable, joyful, thankful, trusting, and fill your boots. Because it's a banquet. It's a banquet. It's more than you can eat. So we must not settle For what we can see, we mustn't settle for what Satan has permitted. He's drawn a line and he said that far and no further. We mustn't settle for it. We're called to reign. We need to learn to contend in the Spirit. Okay? Let's put another lens in. How? How do we do that? What do I do? Great, but what? Well, I suggest this, that when we pray, that we go beyond asking and we start receiving. So how do we do that? Well, you give thanks before you have it in your hand. It's simple. It's simple. Lord, there's a situation. I need this. They need that. Fine, that's the ask. Let's get the ask out of the way. Now, thank you, Lord. I trust you. You're going to do this. Father, I receive this by faith. I'm going to rejoice now in it because it's done in the Spirit now because I know what I'm praying is what you wanted. So I'm just adding my amen to your yes. I'm not asking you to change your mind, God. I'm agreeing with you. So let's move from asking to receiving and we receive with thanksgiving. Let's learn to move from just praying to declaring and proclaiming the will of God in the first sphere of influence God has given each of us, our households. That's our training ground. Okay, another lens. So what does this kingdom look like, feel like, smell like? How can you tell when it's there and when it isn't there? How can you tell when something is needed and something's missing? How do we know? where God is ruling and reigning and where that rule and reign still need to be prayerfully enforced. Let me ask you a question, what's the difference between a fragrance and a stench? Well, one smells good, the other smells terrible. One makes you smile, the other makes you shudder. One draws you close to it, the other one is just repellent. Where you smell something bad in the air in your household, I suggest the kingdom of God needs to rule and reign and that you are the priest who will pray that into being. Don't settle for the stench. So what is the kingdom of heaven? It is the place where God is present. It's the place where his love, his goodness, his glory his beauty, his grace, his holiness are present. It's the place where God rules and reigns. It's the place where the Prince of Peace, which is a name given to Jesus, is free to be. That's how it smells. It smells good. Do our households smell so good? Or do we smell decay and bad attitudes? Do we smell stuff that's been stuck which needs ventilating, which needs airing, which needs a breath of fresh air, which needs a change? Luke 10, verse 5 and 9 from the Amplified. This is what we're called to do. Whenever... Whatever house you enter, and this is certainly true of your house, first, before anything else, say to this house, peace be to this household. And that's freedom from all the distresses that result from sin. Remember the word say is what God did when he brought about light. And then it goes on, verse 9, and heal the sick in it and say to them, the kingdom of God has come close to you. If we're going to speak God's peace in this world, it is his shalom. We need to learn to live in that. If we're going to export that elsewhere, it has to be in our households. So our households should be characterized by the richness of God's shalom. So here's the next word, and we're going to watch a video on that one. And that's what you're called, and I'm called, and we're all together called, to declare into this world, the shalom of God. To have that in our lives, to express it out through our lives. So we're going to do a little bit of business in the next couple of minutes, and we're going to follow this with communion. What would shalom look like in your home? What difference would it be if shalom was extended into your home, or your relationships, or your workplace, or your community, Where do you have a sense that shalom is currently missing? You've got a piece of paper somewhere near you and a pen somewhere near you. I can't guarantee all the pens will work. But just say, Lord, what are you highlighting? And write down an area where the shalom of God needs to come into your household, into your relationships, your community, or your workplace. And while you're doing that, let me ask you, what negative things have you been putting up with? What restrictive things are holding you back? What have you settled for that is not God's peace, that doesn't have that note of harmony about it? Where are you stuck and in need of a breakthrough? Where are you passive when you should be active? Where do you need to break Camp, because it's time to move on. Just take a moment to write down what needs a fresh infusion of the fragrance of God's shalom. What storm there may be in your life that the Prince of Peace needs to speak calm, be still, too. It shouldn't take long. Now we need to recognize that we are called to be a kingdom of priests, and to declare God's peace into these situations. We may have spent years asking for this, but today we're going to declare it. We're going to take from heaven whatever these situations need. We're going to receive that by faith with thanksgiving And we're going to declare and proclaim God's provision and solution over these situations. Whatever is out of line, we're going to call back into place. Whatever is missing, we're going to make complete. We're not going to pray for one another. But what we are going to do is add our amen, our so be it, to one another's prayers. So can I invite you, please, to get into pairs and do just that over the next few minutes, not to ask God to change a situation, but to proclaim and release from heaven the peace of God over that circumstance. So if you can get yourself into pairs, the students will look out for you and they will join you and make up a group of three you've got a pair, please put your hand up so that those who are looking to join you can see where to go. So do you know what you're doing? You've got a situation that you've written down. What we're going to do instead of praying about it, we're going to actually declare and re- we're going to receive from heaven God's answer. We're going to declare his answer. Okay, folks, I can see you're all going great guns on this. Let's just bring it to a conclusion. Okay, we're going to take communion. You are the body of Christ. And we focus a little on some of the things that we need this morning. But he is our answer. So when you take communion today, receive from him what you need. When you go up there, can you go up to receive? You don't need to ask. He's given freely. Just receive with thanksgiving. He is your answer. And you are called to be, together with us, we're called to be the body of Christ. So when you receive from him, receive with thanksgiving and receive with a fresh purpose to say, I will be Jesus, your arms, your legs, your smile, your heart, your goodness in the situations in my household and beyond, and I am receiving from you the grace to be able to do that. Can we do that? Okay, so, so this week, let's pray a little differently. Let's always ask, but let's go beyond asking to declare and proclaim what in our spirit we sense God is saying. Let's be God's amen. He's looking for a people who will be the amen to his yes. Let's see ourselves as the people that God has called to be a kingdom of priests. And let's begin that in our homes. This is, this is a life adventure. It's not necessarily quick fixes, but it's our calling, it's our mission, it's our purpose. So let's see ourselves a little differently this week. Break camp. It's time to break camp. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you.